other kids are playing house and I'm playing hotel and I'm stealing hotel keys and like renting rooms to teddy bears. From Community Futures Center West, it's Mind Your Rural Business. A show about building a thriving business from even the smallest town. Today we hear from Charlotte Tomlinson about fulfilling her dream of working in hospitality on the high seas, which ultimately led her to start a short-term rental management company, Rocky's Rentals, amongst snow-covered peaks. I, I grew up in Ontario. I met my husband there. We were dating at the time and we both took hotel management. That's where we met. And at the time, even so now, I would guess the Canadian Rockies offer a really good opportunity for people interested in advancing in hospitality. We have a lot of hotels here. There are a lot of guests to serve. I was 20. He was 24. Uh, you know, it's, it's a classic story. I think you could probably ask any person that moved to Banff or Canmore, the Canadian Rockies. And the the answer is always the same. I moved here for a season and never left because why would you? It's gorgeous. The people are lovely. Everyone's generally happy when they're here. So we we came for a season and to be honest, hadn't, hadn't planned much beyond that, right? You just get out of college. Someone offers you a job, you take it. And then ended up just being really happy finding, finding our place in the world. We just moved out for jobs. And what is it about that the hospitality industry that engages you and, and makes you want to be a part of it? I, I loved being able to be a kind of part of their story and, and create happiness and joy for them. And I could probably create happiness and joy in a number of different ways, but there, there's something very special about when people are on vacation. And for us specifically now, I mean, it's not just that it's a vacation, like you're coming with your whole family. Chances are good you've rented a three, four or five bedroom house. And it's either a really great gathering of, you know, like girlfriends from college or families and it's multi-generational, you know, people making memories. What about your family? Did they, had they been in the hospitality industry? Were they encouraging of you to, to pursue this? My, I was raised in a household, not hospitality, not at all, not in any way, even sideways related to hospitality. Um, and I was also raised in a household that no entrepreneurs, like it, it wasn't like I had someone, even in my extended family, I don't have an aunt or an uncle that I was enamored with. So I'm actually adopted. And it actually, when I, when I met my biological parents, it actually meant a great deal to me to find out that they were entrepreneurs. And I was like, maybe it's genetic. We don't know. Because I promise you, there was nothing in my household growing up that was business related at all. And I've always been interested in hospitality, like serving guests. Even when I was a young kid, other kids are playing house and I'm playing hotel and I'm stealing hotel keys and like renting rooms to teddy bears. So the whole hospitality thing for me personally has gone back a a very long time. Me, me personally, I've always been very goal-oriented. And one of, one of my personal goals was to work on a cruise ship. At that point, I was already married. We already owned a house. But I knew I'd be disappointed if I did not ever achieve that thing I wanted to do. So I did it. I went to go work on a cruise ship. And in the process of that, said to my dear husband, it really doesn't make sense for you to live in this big house by yourself. I'm not going to be here. 
why don't we rent a little apartment for you and, we'll, and, and then we'll rent out our house. I lived in a tiny room on a boat, ship. We're not, you know, don't call them boats, they're ships. <laughs> I lived in a tiny room. Uh, I was there for two years and loved it. And that's another situation, right? You're serving guests all the time. There's literally no escaping them. We ended up buying a little apartment instead. And it just, it just turned out that it, it had very specific zoning on it that when I returned back from the cruise ship, and now I have this real estate, I don't know what to do with it. It had very special zoning where at that point, Airbnb was not a thing. Airbnb wasn't even a website that you had ever heard of. Vacation rentals were kind of this small, very niche thing. So, so now I have this place that could be rented nightly. I just took some time off and really sat down and looked at, well, what do we want to do? Put together a business plan. So I think probably a lot of entrepreneurs are quite independent, right? We like to do things for ourselves. We like to work for ourselves. We kind of don't like to be told what to do. It's just kind of part of the entrepreneurial uh, mindset, right? You just want to start from nothing. And, and that's what I wanted to do because I thought that's what you have to do. You have to struggle to have success. And it was a, a business advisor who said to me, take the help. Now in her, in her case, what she was referring to was there are a ton of like, there's federal programs, there's provincial programs, there's municipal programs. Heck, take the help from your friend who wants to help you like label envelopes all day, whatever that help is. What she was referring to was the help of provincial programs. And, and I was like, no, no, I'm fine. I've saved money so that I could have time off, right? To, to pursue this. Cause I know that, you know, when you first start, you're not going to make any money. And she looked at me and she said, listen to me carefully. She said, the government wants you to be successful. And I didn't get it. I was like, why would the government want me to be successful? Tax money. I mean, it's not even just tax money. We employ people. People feel good about themselves when they're working. So there's like a whole, you know, like mental health aspect to what business owners do by providing those opportunities. And, and she was like, trust me on this. The government wants you to be successful. Take their help because you will be doing much more for them in the future. They're literally investing in you. And I was so pleased that she had explained it that way because otherwise I would have tried to do it myself. I would have bankrupted myself. Maybe not bankrupted, but I would have gotten to the point that it's like, I'm not making any money. Maybe I should bail. And I didn't. I got to stay in this kind of comfortable place. I mean, a little bit uncomfortable, but not detrimental uncomfortable. When did you decide? What, when was that? What year was that? 2009. So we're a little over, I think, 11 years now. And we started running. And it just started with one. And I was enjoying it, living my best life. Shortly thereafter, we got a second one. And around that same time, we got approached by another uh, client who's still with us. And he's, he, he had a property and he's like, I need help with my property. And you seem to know what you're doing. And I mean, and the truth was you go back to that conversation. Did I know what I was doing enough to be doing it for someone else? I'm, I'm not sure. No, the answer is no, no, I did not. However, my attitude was challenge accepted, right? There's, there's this person who needs our help and we are in a position to help. So we're just going to do it. And, and thankfully, he was always very generous with, you know, over the years, we had to change policies. We would try something and be like, oh, that did not work. Let's not ever do that again. And uh, like I said, he's still, he's still one of our clients. His property is one of our most popular 
properties in our inventory and then it just grew right so then once you once once you have one client then that turns into two three four it just keeps growing so when airbnb showed up on the scene how much disruption did that cause quite a bit what happened was then there was a lot more competition right because then everybody could rent a room at their house or their basement suite or their backyard garage whatever so then there was like a lot of inventory and that happened for a little while, but then what ended up happening, and I, th I think it's probably in other industries as well, right? You start to separate what those experiences are like, right? And there's, there's a difference between working with an individual, working with a small business, or working with a big corporate giant. There's, it's a different scale of experience. So we started to worry less about the, the competition and just do our own thing. I mean, it just encouraged us to do our own thing even more because why not? You had to differentiate yourself somehow. If there's going to be, if you're going to go from having a hundred units in Canmore to like 1200, you're going to have to find a way to stick out amongst the crowd. We really think that kitchens should be really well stocked and we love playing board games. All of our properties have really well stocked kitchens and a huge collection of board games. And that's all it took. You know, I mean, obviously the place needs to be clean. It needs to be well-maintained. There needs to be kind of that basic level that people are expecting. But if you really find your niche of what people want, and those people are like you, then they tell their friends and their friends keep coming. And you don't really do a lot of marketing after that because you found your people. We did at one point venture out. We did have uh, properties in, in Ontario at one point. And then we realized that that wasn't working for what our business model was. So we decided to just concentrate on Canmore, do this thing really well, let someone else take care of Ontario. We have concentrated right in the midst of the Canadian Rockies. So our main office is in Canmore, Alberta. We stare at beautiful mountains all day, every day. Did it just explode or was it slow relationship building? Yeah. You know, the funny thing is COVID made it explode, which seems completely counterintuitive because the pandemic has not been very favorable to the traveler tourism industry. However, what it did do was make people realize that they wanted their own lifestyle properties. And when you have a lifestyle property, you need someone like us to take care of it. There's, there's a lot of work that goes in, into it. So no, it was totally slow growth. We're, I'm, me personally, I'm not even a very aggressive salesperson, so we were never chasing anyone. We, we would receive referrals from, you know, our one client, someone he knew, maybe someone our banker knew. I mean, nobody really even knew we had a company. We just quietly did our thing. We were quite content, um, but it, it was really under COVID. Like the company grew super gradually for the first, so 2009 to 2020, the first 11 years and then doubled during COVID. That's wild. It's super wild. Like it's, it's weird to look back at it. I mean, cause if you, you know, I mean, it, it, I think any company that is looking at starting a company or currently has a company and COVID is a major factor in everyone's lives right now. And for us, I mean, I remember, I'll never forget that day. You, you ever refunded $300,000 in one day? just like magically bleeding money out of your bank account. You know, there were days, you know, it was like, oh my God, how are we supposed to employ everybody? 
how are we supposed to keep this thing running? Should we keep this thing running? Will the border open again? Like, I mean, it was just, you know, we're now seeing kind of nearing the end of it. But at the time, I mean, if you would have told me on March 13th, 2020, that if I just stuck it out, the business would double, we'd like, I would have probably not believed you. But that is what happened. When did it flip from going, people are canceling to people are getting more lifestyle properties and wanting you to manage them and people wanting to use them? Pretty quick. I mean, if I, if I pulled up a graph of how it looked, it was literally every month we're adding one property, two properties, three properties. So like, and then we got a commercial space. I would have never thought that. I mean, we very had, we, uh, we sometimes joke around when we have new employees. We sometimes, we sometimes show them where it all started, started in our guest room. And then eventually I, I renovated, we had a really big laundry room. So I renovated our laundry room and we had like this laundry mecca in our house, in the back of our house. And then we eventually built a garage. We built a custom built garage so that, you know, we could still have the advantage of working from home, but I could have an employee then. And then under COVID, got a commercial space. There's no way we could have continued operating. And I laugh, you know, you look back at the garage and you're like, we used to work here. It is cold and dark. And then I remind myself that that's where like Microsoft started, right? <laughs> How do you choose who you're going to work with and which properties you're going to take on and represent? You know, this is something that I think is really hard when you're starting out because when you're starting out, you don't know who's paying the rent next month, right? I mean, when you start a company, you're like, there's a fine line between bankruptcy and success. So when you start out, there's, there's a tendency to take any client and it, it is a kind of a beautiful tipping point where you get to the point where you can say, not every client there, we rely quite a bit on our gut and we actually, even all of our wording on our website, we, we talked about it, about it's a relationship, right? I literally have the keys to your house. How much more of a spouse is that? I have the keys to your house and I control your finances. I'm your spouse at that point. So we want to make sure that communication is number one, same as in a relationship, that people can be open and honest about how they're feeling because there are going to be time, well, especially during COVID, right? Pre-COVID, you know, everyone's making some healthy revenue. Everything's great, great, great. Then zero revenue for several months you're going to have some very difficult conversations when you're trying to establish what do we do here? I mean, what is, what is the game plan in terms of who we work with now? If I was to describe my ideal client, I would say they also have to have a sense of humor and speak sarcasm or else they will never understand anything we say. They have to be pretty committed to their own lifestyle choices. So, in fact, actually, so our newest client just uh, texted me because he needed to get a contract to me. And he messaged me and says, oh, sorry, I can't sign the contract today. I'm on the top of a mountain. And I don't know where he was skiing. I assume he was in Colorado or somewhere, Utah, maybe. And I wrote back and I was like, perfect answer. We want you to be on the top of a mountain. So we're very adamant that our... Um, that our clients prioritize friends and family because those are the same things that are important to us. We're very adamant that money is not the only deciding factor in how decisions are made. 
which means we, to be honest, don't work well with clients that are just all about the investment. Like how much can I make? How much can I make? How much can I make? And we're like, not all money is created equal. Money is nice. Pays for a lot of nice things. However, not all money is created equal. So we want to be make, you know, we want to work with clients that understand that we encourage people to use their house for friends and family. We're like, you can't put a price on those memories. You should totally come out with your friends. You as an owner. And there'll be other management companies that will say, no, don't do that because you're hurting your bottom line. And we're like, bottom line. You have enough. You have abundance. You you know, you've especially like in the market that we serve, we're, we're serving people that have the privilege of having second homes and investment properties. We're like, you have abundance. Start share it. Make make memories. Make them last. The money will come. That's Charlotte Tomlinson sharing how she and her husband started a successful short-term rental management company, Rocky's Rentals. You can find out more about the Kenmore-based company at book.rockiesrentals.ca. Thanks for listening to Mind Your Rural Business, brought to you by Community Futures Center West. Find out more about how we support homegrown entrepreneurs at centerwest.albertacf.com. You can also find us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. Mind Your Rural Business is produced and hosted by Sarah Hoyles with theme music by Scott Holmes.